0: where the fun begins. Let's make this a bit more interesting. You've taken your first step into a larger world.
1: The garbage do. Nothing will stand in our way. May the boy be wither. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Twin Sons Transmission. I'm your host, Eric Pfeiffer, joined as always by Jesse Sanfilippo. Hey, guys. Welcome to episode 133, and this is very, very exciting. Jesse, I feel like every time we get ready to do a show, it's like our list on our notes is just longer and longer as we get closer to celebration, and then the excitement is just continuously building. I cannot wait for April.
0: I know every time we talk about it, I just keep getting. I just, it's like this feeling, like the force is calling me to the McCormick Place. <laughs> I need to be there. I need to know what this is all about. I'm so stoked for my first celebration.
1: Yes, and if it wasn't enough, Lucasfilm and Reed Pop and everybody over at you know working on getting this to to be a great event. They keep doing things like this past week on Wednesday, they had the photo op and the autograph prices available and um, up for purchase. So if any of the guests that we've been talking about on our previous shows or that you've seen pop up on the website uh, or online anywhere, they are available for photo ops and autograph tickets right now. You have to pick a certain day, so they'll have a whole chart online, actually, where you can pick this out. And you can, if you just go on to StarWarsCelebration.com and click on Guests, it'll link you through everywhere. Um, But it has a whole list of everybody that is coming as of right now as guests. It has their prices for photo ops. If you click on their name, it will take you to a website that's called Epic Photo Ops. And it'll actually have... The days that they're going to be there, and the price for their autograph as well. A lot of times, the price for their autograph is going to be about ten dollars cheaper than the photo op. Um, that's not always the case, depending on the actor, but it's really up to you to uh, to you know sort of decide who you want to see. Um, and then, like I said, they have a little chart on there on what days they're going to be, and then you'll get an email confirmation. You can print that out. And you bring that to the event. Um, It's got a QR code and everything on there. And you can get that scanned. And then you'll have your autograph or your photo op or whatever. So it's really cool. I I don't know how everything's going to work. But it seemed like compared to last time, this is going to be different. So hopefully it'll be better. Because last time you got like group A or group B. And it was just really weird. So this you just have a specific day. And I'm hoping that you can just show up whatever time that day and get an autograph, but we'll see how it's all going to work out.
0: Is that something that sells out? Will will they sell out on certain people?
1: Yes, yes. Um, Okay. As far as I know, I don't think anyone is sold out right now, but this is what they do every year. They announce the biggest guests, the closest to the show. And it's all a money grab on their part. It's really just, hey, look at all these cool guests that we have. And then after everyone has already spent their money, they're like, oh, wait, we also have, you know, Alden Ehrenreich coming. And everyone's like, oh, crap, I got to spend money again on that, you know, <laughs> like it's right. that's, that's the what big, they do. The
0: big announcements.
1: Yeah. So um, as we get closer, I would say give it another month and we'll, you know, get a bunch of other like bigger name um, guests that are going to be coming And one of the pretty big guests was actually just announced over um, this last week, Jesse. Ian McDermott is going to be at Star Wars Celebration. And for those of you who don't know, Ian McDermott plays Emperor Palpatine, which is very exciting. So you can meet the Emperor himself if you want this, this upcoming April at Celebration. So that's really cool. We also got Mark Dodson, who was announced, who is Salacious Crumb. He's the voice of Salacious Crumb, I believe. And then we've got Brian Herring, who was one of the puppeteers for BB-8. So those three guests were announced within the last week, which is pretty exciting.
0: We have had another book announcement for this year Um, coming out in October. is going to be the Art of Rebels book. So for the TV series Star Wars Rebels, we are going to have concept art pieces that we've not yet seen before and exclusive commentary from dave filoni simon kingberg and carrie beck and among others and we are already in the stage where we can pre-order this book already if you would like to i'm really excited about this because rebels was such a beautiful animation Mm mm-hmm like I feel like I started off not being into it but by the end of it I was like out of my mind over every little speck on every right. character. I just like the detail just got better and better as the seasons went on and it just turned into like a work of art for me. So I'm really excited that they've they're making a book just on that alone for this series.
1: Yeah. And I have a lot of, like, the, I have the art of Solo, the art of Rogue One, the art of The Last Jedi. I can't remember if I ended up getting the art of The Force Awakens, but they have books that are specifically geared towards people who are interested in, like, behind the scenes and concepts and things like that. And I, I actually, I love these books. I found out so much information about certain characters like Rey. Her name was originally going to be Kira, but it was originally going to be spelled K-I-R-A. I I found out that from one one of the art books. You get to see so many different renditions of what the film was originally going to look like versus how it ended up. And I'm sure they're going to have a lot of very similar things in the art of Rebels, which is going to be really cool.
0: I'm really excited to see, because there has to be, like, an entire section on Sabine and her art alone, um, since she is the artist of the show. Yeah. I'm excited to see um, commentary and stuff on her graffiti art and things like that, and see if we can get any new, like, connections to the rest of the world from her art.
1: Yeah. Well, that... Will be out in October and October also has another big event that's coming um, this year on October 4th will be Triple Force Friday and that was announced just recently. Jesse, this is going to be huge. You've joined us on some of our Force Friday excursions out, trying to wait overnight at midnight, trying to you know get all the latest merchandise for the new movie. It'll be very interesting this year. Normally, our store of choice is Toys R Us, which we don't have anymore. So it'll be interesting to see um, what places have the biggest giveaways and things like that. This is Triple Force Friday, and some of you may be like, "Well, what the heck does that mean?" Well, there's going to be a ton of merchandise. One, Episode 9 merchandise. That's going to be super cool. I think that's going to be the main interest for a lot of people. I could be wrong, but I'm definitely excited to get a lot of the Episode 9 merchandise. The Mandalorian will also have some merchandise released for it, which is going to be really cool. We're going to get a bunch of new characters, um, merchandise for characters that we may not know yet, or maybe we will. We don't know when The Mandalorian is going to be um, released. And then merch for the Fallen Order, which is a new game that EA is working on right now. So, three different series of merchandise being released on October fourth.
0: I feel like Episode Nine will be the biggest thing because this—it's wrapping up
1: mm-hmm. an
0: entire forty-year story—is coming to an end, and we know Star Wars is going to always continue on, but this story that has been going on for. Generations and generations is is ending. And I feel like people are gonna wanna commemorate that end of the saga with Right. With something. Just I feel like I need something that
1: yeah.
0: will make me be like, Oh, I lived this little this little era of Star Wars, I lived it. And now it's over. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about this coming up here too, but I think It'll be very interesting to see what the fans' reaction will be to Episode 9. I already know I'm going to love it just because that's how I am. Same. It's, you know, expanding the story that I originally started off with when I was five years old. And I can't wait to see this Skywalker trilogy or this Skywalker saga end. You know, I'm excited for it. Anyway... Let's talk a little bit more about what else happened recently. Toy Fair was happening this past weekend, and we got a lot of information um, related to some new Star Wars toys. And we're not going to go through all of this. This is this can all be um, found online. so we can even share some links about um, some of the things that were shared at Toy Fair. but, I feel like some of the biggest things are a series called the Retro Collection Action Figures, and these are actually a series of figures that are meant to replicate the original look from the action figures in the 70s, the original Kenner looks. Not just the packaging, which we have now, the Vintage Collection. That's basically current figures on vintage packaging in vintage packaging. These are actually replicas of the vintage figures in intentionally weathered packaging. So we've got Han Solo, we've got Leia, we've got Stormtrooper, we've got Luke and Vader, and Chewbacca. That's gonna be the first wave of these vintage figures, these retro collection figures, and they're really, really cool. So I cannot wait to get my hands on them.
0: So the the packaging is weathered or the toy?
1: No, the packaging. It's meant to look like it's older and stuff like that. So it's not, I think it's just a, like an artist design on the the package. It's not actually like they like threw it around and then, you know, put it (laughs) on shelves or anything. That's what I'm trying to figure out. (laughs) Yeah. I think like the paint or whatever makes it look like it's weathered. They didn't like throw sand on it or anything, but yeah, it'll be pretty awesome. And then we got Hasbro revealing the Celebration exclusives, which I I love. And it's going to be really hard to get them, but I'm very excited to try to acquire these. There's two different figures. Both are part of the Black Series line. But, Jesse, being that it is the 20th anniversary of the Phantom Menace this year, Hasbro decided to do some Phantom Menace figures for their Celebration exclusives. And one of them is Darth Maul. And I'm sure if you're a Star Wars collector out there right now, you know that Hasbro has been doing these archive figures, which are essentially, they're going back to some of the very early on, Black Series 6-inch figures, and they're reproducing them in what's called the Archive Series, which is essentially the same figure but in new packaging. I know a lot of people didn't get into collecting Black Series figures until the last couple years, and so they missed out on a lot of the figures that were released in some of the early waves. So this is a way for newer collectors to acquire the older Black Series figures. Darth Maul was literally in the first wave of Black Series figures ever produced. It was Darth Maul, R2-D2, Luke, and a Sand Trooper. And so this is a way to acquire Darth Maul. It's going to be in episode one packaging, so it's going to look very much like the original like, Darth Maul-faced packaging, but it's going to be a six-inch figure, so it'll be obviously bigger. And it looks like it's like holographic. Which is really cool too. And this Darth Maul is one of the most faked Black Series figures that exists. There's a lot of fakes out there. So if you're trying to find an original one, be very careful. So Darth Maul is the first one. And then there's also going to be a figure that hasn't been produced yet before. And that is the Episode 1 Obi Wan with his Padawan braid and everything. So again, it's going to be in the Darth Maul faced packaging. With the hologram, holographic look to it. So, Jesse, I'm I'm sure you saw these, right? What did you think of the look?
0: I did see the Darth Maul one. It looks. I wasn't sure that I was looking at something new though. When I saw that, I thought somebody mm-hmm. had actually found an older figure. So yeah. that's cool. I that's that's neat that that is brand new. But I'm also wondering, how are people faking these? How? It's um. Like, I mean. You know what you're looking for when you're going out if you're especially if you're a collector but like where the where is the figure coming from
1: i have a legit one and i have a fake one and so i can take pictures of the differences and post them i think that would be interesting for all the listeners and everything too to see the difference the fake actually is a sand trooper has a sand trooper barcode on the bottom so if you're not looking Or if you're out there trying to find a Darth Maul, make sure you look at the barcode because it might not be the Darth Maul barcode. It'll actually have the name on there. The text on the front of the box looks a little bit different. The text with the character's name versus the text of the Black Series and Star Wars logo looks a little bit different. Darth Maul's binoculars are actually upside down in the fake one, and they're also... The paint on the face is looks a little bit different. So someone out there, somewhere, I don't know where or how it all happened, but I've seen multiple of these fakes, and someone like mass produced them or something. So um, like the original one, I think goes for around ninety bucks. Um, I could be wrong on that, but it'll be around there. But if you see one for like you know thirty bucks or something, it's like hmm, I don't know. Could be a fake, you, but
0: did you know yours was a fake when you bought it?
1: Uh, Well, I bought my original one, like, the day that it was released. I found all the original four at Toys R Us right away, like, right when Black Series first started. When I got the other one, yeah, I knew it was a fake. I wanted about a fake so that I could, like, show people the difference and stuff.
0: No, that's cool. I'd be interested in seeing those, too.
1: Yeah. So that's really cool. But there was a ton of other reveals at Toy Fair this past weekend. Um, Everything from like three and three quarter inch figures. I know there's a skiff um, that you can put with all the Jabba's Palace figures that are coming out for the three and three quarter inch line. A lot of vintage figures that were announced. Um, There's gonna be another Black Series six inch. It's going to be a Luke Skywalker in Stormtrooper, which looks really cool. So there's just a ton of stuff that was announced for merchandise at Toy Fair. And I think it'll be really cool with another Force Friday announced to see, you know, what the merchandise looks like in this in this next year.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have somewhere to sit out with friends and just talk about Star Wars all the way until midnight. And yeah, because I missed that this past year. So I'll be looking forward to it again. Definitely. So really exciting news is we got a tweet from J.J. Abrams confirming that Episode 9 has wrapped filming. And in his tweet, he posted a really heartwarming picture of um, Oscar Isaacs, John Boyega, and Daisy Ridley all hugging out in the middle of a desert somewhere on set. And he wrote, it feels impossible, but today wrapped photography on episode nine. There is no adequate way to thank this truly magical cast and crew. I'm forever indebted to you all. So episode nine is done filming. We are that much closer.
1: Do you think that was Jakku again? Do you think we're going to go full circle? A lot of people are
0: asking about it. A lot of people were saying that, that they thought it could be Jakku. Somebody said Tatooine. I mean, mm-hmm. we're just naming other desert planets <laughs> that we've been yeah. to, I guess. But I feel like it would make sense for them to go back to Jakku, and then Finn can be all exasperated about why everybody wants <laughs> to keep going back to Jakku.
1: Right. <laughs> I think it would be cool to have them go full full circle. Like you start on you start on Jakku in you know episode seven, and that's where Ray lives and stuff like that. And then to end it, to end the trilogy, back on the same planet, I think would be pretty cool to see. But we'll see what happens. And then I really, I I don't want to spend too much time talking about this, but I really, because after I saw this picture tweeted, it was kind of a mixed reaction from fans. Like originally I saw like, oh, like a lot of excitement. And then afterwards I saw a little bit more hate towards it like oh episode 8 was bad this one you know has got a lot to it's got to be better or something and i really it just it was kind of upsetting to me and i don't want to get back on the the last jedi conversation between fans and stuff like that that's not what i want to do but i will say You know, I have been working as a manager at a collectible store, and we do sell a lot of Last Jedi merchandise. We have, you know, whether it's action figures or, like, The Art of Last Jedi, we have that book. And people will come in, and they'll spout off reasons why they hated the movie or whatever. And I feel like a lot of times they're invalid. I'm not trying to tell you you should or shouldn't like a certain movie, but when you come up to me and you say, Last Jedi sucked because those ships should not have been able to go through the other ships. I have an issue with that because this person was like, oh, hyperspace, you know, you go through a wormhole and it takes you out of the other end of the galaxy. And it's like, no, they specifically have to, you know, navigate so they don't run into stars or run into anything. Like there's right. specific like hyperspace lanes that act as highways for ships to go through. You can't just, you know, jump through hyperspace and not expect to hit anything if you don't know where you're going. So like people who come in with issues like that and it's just clearly not right. I have an issue with that, you know. And I feel like a lot of people who didn't like the last Jedi are just somewhat uneducated, and I'm not saying that's everybody. You're definitely entitled to like it or not, but I feel like with a lot of the fan base that's the case. And I highly encourage you just to give last Jedi another chance because I think it's going to make if you accept the last Jedi it's going to make episode 9 a lot better and I think it'll work the opposite way as well. Like if if you are excited for episode 9 it's going to make you like episode 8 better too. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I I especially hope the latter of that is true that people can just enjoy the end of the series and then look back and appreciate cuz it is difficult being that for yeah. a lot of fans today. I mean, especially fans our age, we didn't grow up with the originals. They were given to us finished already. You know, the mm-hmm. whole story was there. So I wonder if people would have complained in the same way or if they were complaining in the same way in the 70s. Like, what do you mean? Darth Vader's Luke's father. This doesn't make any sense. Like, <laughs> you know, like yeah. <laughs> like back in the day and we, we just needed to wait for a full circle and Now we're going to have it and maybe people can look back and appreciate everything.
1: Yeah, I hope so. And I hope, you know, sometimes I, I, I may have said this on a previous show, but sometimes because of the way Star Wars fans act towards each other and act towards some of the actors and the directors like Ryan Johnson and Kathleen Kennedy and things like that. I sometimes feel ashamed to call myself a Star Wars fan just because of the way that these people treat other people. It's insane. Like, come on. Have some decency, you know?
0: It it is. It's really, I mean, if you have something to say and you want to shout it into the void of the internet, that's great. But don't tag the people that either, A, you know, love it, like me and you, or B, the people who poured their lives and souls and it's their, like, dream job they're having yeah. the time of their lives they're so happy to be on this project like don't tag them in it if you don't like it or if you don't like yeah. something they did or whatever like just shout into the void like you don't need to specifically make sure that they read your nasty comment even right. pablo Hidalgo, i don't know if you saw his twitter recently somebody must have said something he, he named the specific um person or event but he said that somebody was saying stuff, like, about his wife. Like, why are you bringing Pablo Hidalgo's wife into this? Like, and he yeah. said he had to block somebody for the first time. He doesn't like blocking people, but it's like, you got to do what you got to do. Like, I, I just scroll past it. But if someone was, like, going, like, why go after some? This person's not even involved. Like, yeah. it's just, people can be really nasty. So...
1: And... You know, some people, and I've had I've had people storm out of the store, in my personal store, because they didn't like that every argument against the Last Jedi they had, I had a counter to it. A lot of times, the reasons for not liking Last Jedi are invalid. They just are. Um, yeah. Research your arguments, like the hyperspace lanes, or why do the bombs drop in space. Well, they're magnetic. There's actually a book that explains the whole thing. You know what I right. mean? Right. But she got so upset that she blamed Disney for everything and she got really red in the face and stormed out of the store. This is this is entertainment and I get that including my, myself included, people view Star Wars as more than just entertainment. It's it's my passion. It's, you know, it's something I really enjoy. It takes my mind off things. And don't get upset. <laughs> this is something that's supposed to make you happy
0: right so, it's it's supposed to be fun
1: yeah the photo that J.J. J. Abrams tweeted to celebrate the wrapping of episode 9 should make you happy like look at them they're embracing after finishing a trilogy of movies that are some of the biggest movies in history
0: right and they were just so happy to be a part of it. Like, especially um, John Boyega, I feel like, has been the most open and mm-hmm. outward about how much he loved being a part of it. He's constantly playing Star Wars Paddlefront. All the cast members were tweeting little things about how much it meant to them to be a part of it and how thankful they were for it. John Boyega thanked J.J. Abrams for making his dreams come true. So it's just like... It's happy. It's so happy. Yeah. I just want everybody to be happy.
1: <laughs> yeah. And if you're listening to us for the first time, we are, um, we're very positive with Star Wars and you know we love it. There's obviously some things we're going to like more than others, but that's just the way it is being a fan. So if you're a, a positive Star Wars fan and you're tired of all the hate, definitely come listen to us from now on because we love Star Wars here at Twin Suns. And,
0: what i love the most about us i'm just gonna toot our own horns for a minute it's not we're not like we didn't set out to be like we can only say positive things because we only want to be positive like we just genuinely in general 99.999999999% of the time feel very positive about everything that's going on in star wars because we just love it that much so yes i think that makes us kind of special
1: Yes, we're super wizard. <laughs> we
0: All are. right, what else finished? Well, this was, as far as I can tell, not officially announced by um, Lucasfilm or John Favreau or anyone, but there was a tweet that was taken down by somebody in the crew of a Mandalorian helmet that the entire cast had signed that said the Mandalorian across the top, um, and it was assumed that that meant that... Filming was done and then it got taken down really quick. So hmm. that person probably wasn't supposed to do that. <laughs> but I mean at that point it's pretty clear that it is most likely probably wrapped and they just haven't said anything about it yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, and this John Favreau, he's he's amazing. I mean, he's doing the Lion King, he's working on the Mandalorian. Um, he he does a lot. And if this is true and the Mandalorian is done filming I'm not sure what that means. I mean, Episode 9 is done filming, and that's going to be released in December. If the first season of The Mandalorian is finished filming, I don't know what that means. I don't know how long it takes to edit a, a, a season of a TV show, but maybe that means fall? Maybe?
0: Yeah, Disney really just needs to announce its streaming service, and when that is coming out, and how much that is going to be, because... Yeah. I'm ready to give them my money. They just need to tell me when they want it.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially me. I don't I don't have Netflix either, so I'm like waiting to get this service. So
0: Well, you can also tell cuz I have Netflix. They're like all of the most recent like Marvel things. Marvel movies and everything is being put up there. You know, Rogue One is on there, The Last Jedi is on there, and I just feel like they're throwing it all on and then they're gonna take it away and be like, Do you want it back? It's over here. Yeah. <laughs> on the Disney streaming service. Yeah. So they're just trying to show you how good it is to have all that right at your fingertips and they're yeah. gonna take it away.
1: Well, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting year. So it will be. All right, let's talk about Star Wars Resistance, and Jesse, we have two episodes to get to today. The first one being an episode called The New Trooper, and um, I thought this was, was a very interesting episode, and In this we got actually a couple bits of information that we were actually thinking about for the longest time. Why does the First Order care about the Colossus? Tell us a little bit more about... Doze's past uh, with the Empire, things like that. We're, we, we learn a little bit more. Not a ton, but we learn a little bit more. So um, just all in all, Jesse, what did you think of the new trooper?
0: I felt like this, that we got all this great information, like you said, that we've been talking about. I absolutely loved seeing grumpy Yeager basically melt at the sight of Kel and Ilya. Like he's just so grumpy about everything and doesn't want to be involved in anything and then these kids pop their heads around the corner and he's like you hungry like he's ready to invite them over for dinner. (laughs) Yeah, I just thought that was that was like a nice change in eager and I felt like that was kind of like a insight to like his past like having a wife and a kid and just seeing him kind of miss that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely agree, and I really think that the, the kids uh, are going to have a lot more to do as the, as the series um, and even Season 1 goes on, so I don't know. But I definitely think they have a, a, a big role to play. For me, sort of around that same time when Yeager was asking about the kids if they're hungry, they, they have a conversation, um, Yeager, Niku, Kaz, and Tam, at the table. And they're talking about the First Order, and and Yeager and and Kaz sort of have a similar view on the First Order, but Tam doesn't. She has a much different view about the First Order. Um, And I think it's very interesting, because if you've read any of the books like The Lost Stars or Thrawn or some of the other books, they really show you what it's like to be on the other side and how some people truly believe that the Empire is a force for good and that they're not corrupt and that this is the best way to provide security for the galaxy. And Tam's grandfather, he worked at an Imperial factory and put food on the table, and that's all that Tam knew. And she had a much different view of now the First Order providing security quote-unquote security on the colossus so i think obviously with the conversation that tam has with those kids later on about how the first order like massacred their village that sort of opened tam's eyes a little bit but tam's tam's interesting you know i think she's got she's very um she's very intricate of a character and i'm i'm excited to see how she develops over time because she's clearly got some growing to do
0: Right, I feel like she's just was in one of those families that benefited from the First Order, and, I mean, her grandpa probably wasn't doing anything malicious, or, I'm sorry, with the Empire. Um, her grandpa probably wasn't, like, a malicious, you know, I think she said he's a factory worker. Like, mm-hmm. he just went yeah. there, he did some stuff with some mechanics, and then he went home. So to her and her family, it just was a job. Yeah. And there's probably tons and tons and tons and tons of people across the galaxy that are like that that aren't feeling the negative effects
1: right um, and as like you know yeah as I talk to some other Star Wars fans about this more casual fans and stuff like that but but some of them are really into it they're like well I really didn't like Tam in this episode and I don't feel like that's the case like you shouldn't feel that way about her she just doesn't yeah. know she only can go off of how she grew up and what she knows herself. She hasn't seen that other side. And I don't feel like that should mean that you don't like Tam. You know, she just is not aware of what the First Order is. So
0: Right, and also as far as we know, I mean, she said her grandpa was able to put food on the table when he was part of the Empire. So she must have some kind of... Um, different story from when the empire fell, you know, how was her family being provided for after the empire fell? So maybe she saw, you know, the rebellion as the bad guys because it put her family in a position where now they had no income Mm -hmm. if that was their source of income. So there's two sides of everything. Um, And just like in the real world, the other side of whatever thing you've got going on or whatever, whatever, you know political thing you have there is a genuine other side where you know somebody just feels a completely different way and it's genuine and real for them in their lives so it's just interesting to see that applied here yep with a character that we grew to love so much so yeah it'll be interesting to see if she opens her eyes to what is going on with the first order
1: yeah and it constantly brings me back to um season three of clone wars when Ahsoka goes on that mission with Padme to meet up with Mina Bonteri. And at the end of that episode, um, Ahsoka goes, well, I realize that the politics of this war are not as black and white as I once thought. And I think that's very much the case with what's going on now with Tam and the Resistance and the First Order and stuff like that. People are affected on both sides. So we'll see what what ends up happening with, with Tam. But I think that sort of little bit of a history and s- sort of a little bit of backstory on Tam is really cool to see. I love that we're getting more in-depth with these characters now, Jesse. This is exciting.
0: I you know. So, this is what we were waiting for.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but um, she
0: seems like she's going to be alone, like, in that thought. Like, I, th- I think it'll be a very quick turnaround for her because the, the place that she is in is under complete revolt. So yeah. I feel like she's gotta be one of a very fair few of people on the Colossus right now that feel that way um from all the fruit that's been flying around (laughs) (laughs) so hopefully she's she sees the light very quickly Yeah.
1: yeah yeah definitely the other thing that was interesting in this episode was Doza and Pyre and Doza and the First Order and at the very beginning, we see Doza say to Pyre, you know, I'm still in control here. But um, when all the troopers and stuff come in, you know, Doza's like, well, this is my office. And Pyre was like, yeah, well, these are my troopers. And, like, Doza leaves, you know. And at the beginning, Doza or Pyre was like, of course you're in control, Captain. Like, he kind of said it in a mocking way. Like, I really feel like yeah. he doesn't really care what Doza says. He's just going to do his own thing.
0: Yeah, they're you know? there now, so it's they just, they're going to be extremely difficult to get rid of, and they're just going to keep taking every inch they get. So now they've got control of his office, so good luck with that one,
1: Doza. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So really the only thing that we get related to Doza's Imperial past is a question asked by Commander Pyre, to Doza, asking him about why he left the Empire. So we now 100% know that Doza was a part of the Empire. We we pretty much had guessed that since we saw his you know his imperial outfit, but he was 100% a, a part of the Empire, and he said it was a quote unquote personal choice that he left, which is kind of interesting because I feel like if you just leave, that's not allowed. You know, right. So it's interesting that he says it was a personal choice to leave. You know, was he to uh, was he a deserter? Like, how did this happen? So.
0: Right. I feel like because he says it's for reasons that in my notes, I called him Goldie. um, (laughs) That Commander Pyre wouldn't understand. So to me, that would mean it had something to do with like family. I mean, I guess I don't know if Commander Pryor has a family or not, but um, but I, I just feel like there had to be a mother for Torah at some mm-hmm. point, and now she's not in the picture. So I wonder if either the Empire did something that caused her to die or maybe she was also in the Empire and he saw her become corrupt and didn't want torah to grow up that way and knew saw what the empire could do to people and just left with his daughter i don't i I, there's so many scenarios i want to
1: (laughs) know i haven't even i didn't even think about that though that's interesting because i was like well as you were talking i was like well hold on torah she's probably kaz's age which she was born most likely after the end of uh, mm. like after the galactic civil war so she wouldn't have even been around for the empire right i mean i don't know how old exactly I she mean, is I but don't she's know. probably Kaz's age but she's not 30 you know no so but you're right like with Doza and Tora there's got to be more to that there's got to be a mother there's got to be some sort of like family somewhere you know what happened I don't know.
0: Yeah. Or maybe then on a mission, he like met someone and saw, you know, how horribly the empire was affecting their life yeah. and fell in love with this other person and, you know, left the empire to be with them.
1: Yeah. It's
0: another scenario for you.
1: <laughs> well, they're just throwing little tidbits at us. So we get little bits and pieces, you know, and it it allows us to have these conversations every week. Which is, which is pretty cool. I feel like the biggest piece of information that we did get from this episode, Jesse, was at the end. We find out that the First Order is preparing for war. They've got all these fleets around the galaxy. And they need the Colossus for fuel. So that was one of the options that we were talking about before. Because I know we had debated this before. And they need it for fuel and I can't remember if it was at the end of this one or the beginning of the next one, but Kaz realizes that it's not really a strategic fueling station for the First Order as far as, like, location. It's just they don't want the Resistance to have that station for fueling. So it must be more critical to the Resistance than it would ever be for the First Order. Well, they Um, did
0: also say that it's the last stop before the unknown regions they say that in the next episode okay that's the last stop for fuel before you get to the unknown regions and so if anyone has a fleet in the area that they would need that spot yeah it's how i understood it
1: okay yeah that makes sense and there's also a ton of first order reinforcements that are going to be coming to the colossus um, Pyre says at the end of this episode, so we know that there's going to be a lot more, uh, a much larger presence of the First Order on on the Colossus coming up here pretty soon. Anything else you wanted to say about the new trooper? Was that BB-9E that we saw?
0: I it looked like a BB-9E or a of the same model, mm-hmm. at least.
1: It'd be cool yeah, if it similar. was
0: exactly the same droid.
1: You want your head? You want your head? Go get it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I also thought was really interesting was the the brain scrape or the memory wipe that they kept referring to, um, yeah. and they kept calling it all these different things. But they did call it reconditioning at some point, which I feel like is what they what they called what they were gonna send Finn for. For yeah. reconditioning, and I just kind of was thinking that was more of like a brain wash rather than like a full memory re- rewipe. So like they're just completely wiping out these people's brains. Like it's almost like they don't like we know that they're being raised to be troopers, but yeah. I don't think I realized to the extent that they were. They're literally just they're programmed people. They're like people droids. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much stuff to think whenever. about it like that. They're,
0: yeah. Like, as soon as you step out of line, they just wipe your brain and start you over again. Yeah. So if any of them even wanted to, like, they, they could tell that Finn was not into his mission, didn't want to kill the villagers. So uh, well, let's just try to rewipe this guy's brain again and see if we can get it to do it next time. <laughs> like, who yeah. knows how many times he's been wiped? Like, He thought that was his first mission. Was it? Was he just keep messing up and they've been wiping his brain like a a few other times on other missions? And
1: You know what? I'm wondering (laughs) if they need to do that to make people stay because if they are wearing the similar armor as the Imperial Stormtroopers and a lot of people know what those troopers did, you know, and mm-hmm. what that that symbolized. I think, you know, with the clones, obviously, it's a little bit different. Those those were literally produced in a jar and mm-hmm. given a inhibitor chip that made them kill their friends. You know, with the Empire, it was all a draft. It was all of you know, I want to go and you know, serve my galaxy and serve the Emperor and serve the Republic right. and stuff. It like was that.
0: propaganda that made yeah. people want to enlist.
1: Yep, yeah. and with this, it's a lot different. You're taken as a kid, and you're brainwashed to be a stormtrooper. Right. So, yeah, it's it's, it's a super it's a good point. creepy.
0: Because yeah. so if anybody want, if people felt weird about like history repeating itself, like this is how it repeated itself. They yeah. They're like making it happen with technology.
1: Well, even in The Force Awakens, Kylo says something about, well maybe we should reconsider using a clone army or something like that. You know, and it's essentially the same thing. They they just don't all look the same.
0: Right. So They're yeah. even more droid like. Like Yeah. The clone army at least had their own choices. Like they couldn't really leave, but They had they their had own their personalities. Own minds. And, yeah. yeah. And they would never have thought to like re-wipe somebody's brain or anything like this is just totally it's creepy
1: <laughs> yeah
0: also with this episode on the data rod I thought it was interesting they had all of the things in Oribesh which I found later that I did not have to sit and like compare to like an alphabet because they put it in the um, in I think it was buckets list um, mm-hmm. of all of the little Planets that were marked on that big map, the big hollow map, on there was Yavin, Takodana, Jeddah, Jakku, Dakar, and Dagobah. And then a planet that I had never heard of, I had to look it up, um, Twan Kiti, which is apparently where the Wrath Tars come from.
1: Okay.
0: So the, all of those were listed.
1: Very interesting.
0: And then I think the one in the next episode where they go to was... I had it written out. Okay. So it was in the center point between Jakku and Dakar. Where they go in the next episode. Okay. I thought that that was interesting. (laughs) The next
1: episode is called The Core Problem, which is a nice play on words this is where Poe comes back to the Colossus and, you know, when we got our mid-season trailer, Jesse, we sort of had that, that scene with Hux talking to the Stormtroopers on Starkiller Base and everything, and you're like, oh, wait a minute, this is gonna overlap The Force Awakens a little bit and at the end of this episode Poe ends up taking BB-8 away from the Colossus and leaving um, uh, CB-23. CB-23 yeah, on the Colossus with Kaz. But this was a pretty interesting episode. It's nice to have Poe back in the 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 mix of things again. Um, They go out to the unknown regions, and Jesse, I have to say, I was kind of interested in the planet um, that they end up going to, and um, there was a mention of a temple. Kaz was clearly cold, like he was. You could he could see his breath, and he was very cold. And no sun. Yes, there's no sun, and we know why that is, right? Star killer? Um, yep. Because <laughs> it literally the oscillators and everything like take the sun. like They use that for energy. We see that the First Order is clearly in charge of the planet. The droid, if you remember the droid that was there, the very top of that droid, the head, if you will, was almost an exact replica of a chameleon droid's head. And if you watch the Star Wars micro series, the Tartakovsky series, the chameleon droids are essentially invisible, but they could um, show themselves and, and whatever. But the head was the head of a chameleon droid. So.
0: See, my guess, and this is based off of after I dove into the episode guides and buckets list and everything, yeah. I think this planet is Tehar, where the kids are from, where Cal yeah. and. Ilya are from, because they pointed out in Bucket's List that the symbol on the bracelet that was dropped by those kids is on that temple. And then I oh, had to go back well, and then, rewind yeah, and look, and yeah, and yeah it's, it's okay. there. <laughs> yeah So I think it's going to be, that's where these kids have fled from, from Tehar.
1: Well, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense, because we know the First Order took their village and stuff like that. Yeah, so that definitely makes sense. It'll be interesting to know, and we've talked about this before, right? Like, we had a conversation about those kids, you know, with the visions, and the visions always coming true, and are they Force-sensitive? It would make sense that there was a temple there, maybe at some point. Maybe there was a Jedi temple on Tehar. And that's where, you know, these kids were raised and not that they know how to use the force right now or anything. But if there were force sensitive people on Tehar, it would make a lot more sense that these kids are force sensitive.
0: Well, again, in Bucket's List, they said that there was a deleted scene that they ended up not putting into this episode. Um, Actually, it would be the previous episode from the new trooper where the kids were going to perform this, like, meditation, like, some kind of meditative state that would help keep the trooper um, knocked out. Mm -hmm. Like, it was, like, a custom thing from their culture that would keep someone basically, like, docile and, like, asleep. But they cut it out of the episode. But they did put it in buckets list. So I felt that was very, like these kids have the force like yeah. maybe it's kind of like um maybe they're kind of like um true at where they don't have the force so much as
1: their whole entire
0: culture yeah just like believes in it and like can use it in a more subtle way
1: yeah well, there's also something... Um, Lor San Tekka in The Force Awakens, the old guy at the be- at the beginning that gets, you know, annihilated by Kylo Ren, um, he is a member of the Church of the Force. And so there are a, a group of people that sort of, like, study the Force and worship the Force and sort of, you know, try to learn everything that they can about it. And I don't necessarily mean that... or think that that means they're Force-sensitive or anything, but there are a lot of people that really are trying to you know learn as much as they can about the force and if the force resides in all living things that means there's a little bit of force in almost everybody so you know anything's possible maybe they're part of uh maybe these kids are part of the church of the force or something like that i don't know
0: yeah i i definitely think that that at least at the very least has to be true but i still think they're going to come up as force sensitive as well yeah it just would make a lot of sense for them yeah because also the way that planet was destroyed like how did they escape like
1: right. I wonder if they were, like, off having... that?
0: right or if the little girl was like having nightmares like about it and like knew it was coming and i don't know yeah because to be the only survivors i feel like there has to be something in the force that helped them specifically survive over everyone on their entire planet.
1: Yeah. Poe. Uh, one thing that I noticed about Poe in this episode is, is sort of um, showing his recklessness again. You know, he clearly states multiple times, Oh, I'm, um, you know, Leia Organa is going to want the a big report after this or whatever. And he's like, I'm short on time, but let's go check out whatever's over here. Like, he's not very time oriented. He's just kind of doing what he feels is going to be best for the resistance. And that was one of the biggest issues people had with The Last Jedi and, you know, Poe's recklessness and his attitude and stuff like that. But um, I feel like he kind of showed that here as well. He was just kind of doing whatever he wanted and took Kaz along with him and you know, investigated and stuff like that. And that's not necessarily why he went to the Colossus and stuff like that. So I think that was pretty interesting and it, it's, it's, you know, sticks true to post character.
0: It does. His reckless doesn't need to ask Leia first nature. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yep. And then at the end of this episode, again, we get more of Tam's frustration Poe returns with a new droid. He returns with the fire bolt on, on a different level um, with the first order TIE fighters flying around. And, you know, she gets mad that she is basically dismissed after she questions the situation to Yeager. And that's, um, that's a reasonable thing to be upset about, I feel like. But I feel like there's uh, something big that's going to happen with Tam. Either a conversation that she has with Yeager or Kaz or something's gotta happen where everybody ends up getting on the same page, you know, because they're not on the same page right now. Tam's an outsider and something has to happen where she something clicks and then she'll she'll understand or whatever. I don't right. know if you agree That's- with that or not, but
0: no, I do. I, I definitely think Tam will come around, um, but for now, like she can't be in the loop. She trusts First Order too much. Like Her first thought in um, the, the last episode was, oh, this trooper has been knocked out. We have to go and turn ourselves in. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Like, no, that's we can't yeah. do that. It's the absolute last thing that we can do. So they're at a point right yeah. now where they know they can't. I mean, I... I think they 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 definitely can trust Tam because she was in that situation she wanted to report like themselves and they explained to her yeah I know we can't do this this is why and she was down for it like I don't think she would betray them but I think she would be kind of like a liability with her trusting nature for the Lord, first order at this point so they they, they, like, they like can't fully trust in her right. until she comes around yeah I was surprised with Yeager to be that out with it. Like, couldn't he have, like, come up with an excuse instead of just being like, you wouldn't understand, Tam, get out of here. Like, what was he expecting her reaction yeah. to be?
1: I thought it was pretty funny in, I think it was in the last episode, though, after he was a stormtrooper or whatever. Um, but Yeager's like, Kaz, get into my office now. And he goes in there and, and then he sits down and Eager's like, so what'd you find out out there? Like, it's yeah. kind of
0: <laughs> Like his natural nature that no one will think anything of is yelling at Kaz. Yeah. So, so that's what he'll use.
1: Yeah. <laughs> when Kaz was like, oh, you know, we can't, or when Tam said that we, you know, the troopers knocked out, we should turn ourselves in or whatever. And Kaz was like, well, if he wakes up, he's going to kill us. And then Niku smacks him in the head with the wrench. And he's like, well, I didn't want him to kill us, Kaz. No, I thought that was great.
0: Niku was like, well, (laughs) you said he was going to kill
1: us. (laughs) Yeah, it was was hilarious. Well done, everybody at Lucasfilm. That was awesome. I don't have a whole lot else um, with this one. Do you?
0: My only other thing is that Poe decided that they were going to get to the bottom of these cored out planets and told Kaz that they were going to figure it out, you know, why exactly they've been cored out. And I don't feel like we got that answer. Like what were exactly where they, what do they need to core out a planet for? You're right. just like, you're taking, I mean, I guess there could be like a certain ore. or, that you could use for building or whatever just in the core of the planet instead of mining it I guess you're yeah. just core in it and just being done with the planet completely instead of slowly destroying it by mining it you're just like forget it
1: Yeah, maybe they're also doing some experiments with the super laser or something and just kind of you know trying some stuff out I don't know
0: right they're definitely yeah. experimenting
1: yeah Von reg in this episode, look like to have survived. Would you agree? Yeah. Like his his vehicle didn't explode or anything.
0: No, so, he's alive.
1: Yeah, I'm sure we'll see him again. But um, all in all, I really like these episodes. And as we get closer to the finale of season one, um, and toward the end of the season, I think these episodes are getting really good. And like I said earlier, we're getting a lot more character development and we haven't gotten too much more of the pirates. So I'm wondering if Sonara is going to be a factor in the finale or something.
0: I think she'll be back. I'm kind of sad because BB-8 definitely won't be.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Even though Kaz thinks he'll be back. Yep. We're They're done. Poe and BB-8, we're probably not going to see them again.
1: Yeah. Well... Maybe there's some way, maybe Kaz shows up at the resistance base before Finn does. And then I don't know. Maybe. I car. think
0: it could it could get to a point in this series where I see I don't know if it would be in time for episode eight to come or episode nine to come out, but I think I feel like we could get to the point where we're in between. Eight and nine yeah. in this series, since there's really no in between for seven and eight.
1: Right. But
0: I mean, we don't know where we're going to start off in nine, but right. I don't know. I wonder how it's going to continue to overlap or how it's going to continue to play into the story from here on out because we're just used to having, you know, Poe and especially BB 8 be constants from the story that we. Are currently you know in line with and now those have both been taken out so I wonder yeah. if we'll weave in in another way with different characters
1: yeah Well, there's only one way to find out and that's to continue watching, Um, but make sure to have discussions like this with your friends because it's, it's definitely a good way to get you thinking. And I know Jesse, you brought up a bunch of points that made me think even deeper that I didn't even realize (laughs) or notice. So I think it's, it's great to continue to have these conversations with your friends. And we are going to continue to cover Star Wars Resistance as the episodes keep going. And we're going to definitely have a lot more information related to Star Wars Celebration. And Jesse, we're recording this on February 18th, which is a Monday. So um, we'll probably get this episode out by Wednesday, maybe, hopefully. But there might be even some more information between the time that we finish recording and the time that the podcast airs. So um, we'll have all that stuff on our next episode. So that'll pretty much do it for this episode. So, Jesse, where can people find us on social media?
0: You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under the handle at TwinsonsOutpost.
1: All right, and then if you're looking for places to listen to our show, you can find us on our website, which is www.twinsunsoutpost.com. Click on the podcast uh, tab on the left-hand side, and you'll be able to see all of our shows right there. You can also find us on the Star Wars Podcast app, which is available through the Google Play Store, and we're on iTunes.
0: And if you like our show, maybe you listen to us every week, you think we're pretty wizard, you can give us a nice review on any of those platforms and we'd really appreciate it.
1: We'll be back next time with more Star Wars Resistance, more Celebration news, and everything in between. So until then, may the Force be with you. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels. You've been listening to Twin Suns Transmission, an exciting show where sand gets everywhere. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Twin Suns Podcast Network. May the Force be with you, always.
0: Airmaster It's controlled by the Hut. rendezvous point on Halloween.
1: This time's doing murder to